Alright guys, when I recorded this episode, it was actually going to be episode 11, but I decided to make it episode 12, so I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, thank you guys for listening. guys and welcome to learning life with alberto episode 11 finding your purpose and why i have a special guest and friend with me his name is prasanna karur i met him through a networking event from prx and google podcast called audio Reese's, and we kind of just linked in in our conversation and i wanted to bring him on because he's actually a pretty good uh person that to have a conversation with and talk about life as we ended up taking the stage in one of the in one of the video conferences on the podcast, which I was hoping people were going to participate, but uh, a few of us only did. But it was actually pretty interesting having to hear his his point of view and his point of thoughts too. So I wanted to bring him on because it was pretty cool. And so uh, let me go. He has his own podcast. He's his own, his own host of his own podcast called Playground, in which he focuses on challenging people to think about life, uh, behavior, and their and their wives. And I really wanted to bring him on because he's pretty interesting. So let's. Bring him on the stage. Welcome, Prasanna. Thank you for having me, Alberto. Yeah, I'm excited for our conversation and to see where this conversation goes. I know, dude. Um, so backstory, just like I was telling you guys, we actually, uh, Prasanna first started off a conversation in in the networking site. Um, and so we just kind of just started talking about different things about life and how being abroad has changed our perception about people and, and challenges, right? Um, so I guess what I want to talk to you about is you're currently a neuro, neuroscience and behavioral student in Emory University, correct? That is correct, yeah. What, what led you or how did you find that calling or what led you to that purpose or what is your purpose of going into studying neuroscience? I, I really like that question. So uh, let me start off. So yeah, so I'm a current senior at Emory University, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm studying neuroscience, like Alberto, Alberto mentioned. And I was first introduced to neuroscience actually in a middle school summer camp. And I went to Duke was a summer camp called Duke Tip, and I was able to like take a uh, neuroscience class there. And I was enthralled and very like, I was engulfed with neuroscience because the idea that we don't know that much about our brain, we don't know what neurons are firing or how, what happens when we think, or we don't know what happens when like we think different thoughts. So that idea of neuroscience really came to me and like really made me really excited because for me, I like to look up, look at it like a metaphor. I felt like I was a pirate on a on a treasure hunt or like on a, on a ship, and like I was right. trying to look for treasure because I, I like the unknown. I like going to the unknown and going to unknown territory. Because like when I was very young, I always imagined myself like with a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, like going and finding unknown land, a new land, like new people, like going into the unknown. And now right. in the 21st century, the only unknown there is is like out up there, out of space. And I, that, that, really didn't, that didn't really interest me, but neuroscience did interest me because the brain, we don't even know how it works. There's so much unknown about it. And it's like sitting right here for every single one of us. Of course. So yeah. that's why in middle school, I had an interest in neuroscience. And then when applying to college, I just apply, applied to colleges that had good neuroscience programs because I knew I was pretty dead set on majoring in neuroscience. And for like a larger context and larger purpose. So I'm pre-med. So I'm studying to become right. a, a doctor, but more specifically, I want, I want to become a pediatric neurologist. Okay. So a doctor for children with autism and developmental disabilities. Oh, because wow. I, so there's another story that goes back. So I could, I could tell a story too. No, please so go for it. Please. Yeah. I asked you the question. Please go, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so back in kindergarten, I had, I, I was a, 
I I was a social kid, I would say, and I really liked like having friends and everything. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that one kid, uh, she would always be by herself during recess and during lunch, and I didn't particularly know why. And I was very enthralled by it. And I was like, I was curious just to know, like, why wasn't she like hanging out with us? So one day I I went up to her and had, and I said, Hey, my name is Prasanna. What's your name? And then from then on, we became really good childhood friends. Uh, every day after school, I'd go to her house and we play like Godzilla, like uh, video games, play with dog. She come out to my place and like we became like really really good tight best friends. Right. So this is like kindergarten, first grade, and second grade, but. In second grade, my family moved from Chicago. I was living in Chicago at this time. We moved from Chicago to California, and then when we moved, my parents told me when we were in California that that friend that I was, that I had a close connection with, she had Down syndrome. And mm. uh, for me, when I was in when I was an elementary school student, I had no idea what Down syndrome was. Right. And but that that always like that, that always stuck with me. Like, oh, these individuals out there who look at the world differently than how I look at the world right and as I slowly became older I there were other like kids with like autism or down syndrome in my classes and I was always drawn to them because I wanted uh, I wanted them to feel belonged in our classroom in our school setting because I knew Mm. how it felt to be bullied I knew how it felt to be like left out and I didn't want them to feel left out in that sense so that's that's like the humanity empathy the empathetic side of me and then when i learned about neuroscience that's where like the neuroscience and the empathetic side of me like collided and like i knew i wanted to be a pediatric neurologist i wanted to be surrounded with children of course and i I love being around children and that like being around children makes me happy that gives me energy but i also wanted to feel like i was a pirate on a treasure hunt like looking into the unknown and that's where like being pediatric neurologist like fit that kind of those kind of like passions of mine so that's the i'm on a journey to become one, one of those see no that's awesome no i first off dude that's amazing man um i guess that that's first off that that's you being an amazing human being kudos to you prasanna that's really good um so i guess prasanna when obviously in in, while you were younger right you didn't know that she had down syndrome but as you started as you started developing more and getting older you started actually you actually started focusing your friendships on those people too now, was it challenging for you, I guess, when like communicating with them as per se, like say, for example, I'm not on the spectrum, right? But would it be challenging to say like how you communicate? Was it differently with diff- like with different people? So right now, I would say it would be different. But back then I was a child, so I didn't know right. if there was any difference. So I, I stuck with my heart. So I stuck with like humanity. Mm. And like for me, all I saw in them was a human being. I didn't see the spectrum or anything of that because I was a little kid and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that knowledge yet. So for me, like whatever they wanted to do, I'd do what they wanted to do. Like we'd sit, we sit in a lunch table, they'd eat and then ask them questions. They ask me questions, and I just wanted them. I just liked that. For me, I felt connected to them. I felt like a connection to them in, in a sense. And I knew like, it doesn't matter. Like, like we play in a sense, like if they smile or if they laugh, then I know I'm doing something right. And that makes me happy. Seeing others smile, seeing others happy make me, makes me happy. And that's where I got it there. So it, I didn't really differentiate how I treated them because right. I didn't know about it back then. I just treated them as like, other kids in the in like in the playground and that right. kind of goes to why i started playground too if you want to make that connection as well my own podcast but yeah i just felt like they were like human beings and they deserve love and feel and deserve to be belonged in a school setting so that's what i did and yeah it, it felt very natural to me i didn't force anything right. and yeah i haven't really thought about that really so a good question no that's really awesome no and that's a good thing too because at the same time i feel like we forget that we're humans right we we definitely tend to categorize ourselves a lot especially in society nowadays too right it's, it's um and not to say that there isn't any like type of challenges that we have mentally sometimes but in, in a sense like it is it we are human we can't forget to be compassionate with each other we can't forget to be like hey dude this guy's pretty cool this girl's pretty cool i want to hang out with them and actually show that loving and care for each other right i feel many people tend to categorize it and just forget about that and tend to think in that in that box of like materialism and what am I going to gain from this relationship instead of like, well, no, this is should be a sincere and genuine relationship. 
right yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, because I also, I feel the same way too, especially because I feel like I've had a little bit of encounters with people with on the spectrum, a little bit more with autism too. Um, it, although I feel like it was undiagnosed, but I kind of was trying to read about it too at the same time. Because I have, I had a colleague before that was working with me that had autism, what I think what, mm-hmm. had autism. And so he was kind of just a little bit more offside, like he wasn't interacting with people as much. But I extended the hand of just trying to talk to him a little bit more and see what he what his passions was and what he liked doing. He liked reading a lot. He actually liked learning about different things in economics. And it really threw me off guard because many people, when I first got here, talk, told me, like, he doesn't like people. He doesn't like talking to people. He doesn't make friends. I'm like, well, I took the challenge. I'm like, why? Everybody likes people. There, At least one person has to like somebody. You can't be a human and not be conditioned to be in a group, at least for a little bit, right? or to have some type of friendship, no matter who you are, I believe at least one friendship, at least one human has, right? No matter who you are. And so I really started talking to him. He was just, he surprised me a lot about life to be completely honest and threw me off guard about his mentality. So I'm like, yo, these people are really like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter like what you look like or what the challenges that you have, but if you can still learn from anybody. And it's, and it threw me off guard to be completely honest too. No. Yeah, uh, I had friends who told me they had similar experiences to what you did too, who to what you just had, and it is it's like they they are all in their own world, and I I respect that, and right. at the same time you could learn something from every single individual, and yeah, it is that it's that connection, and it's very important to have that connection, because for me at least I believe that like social bond or like human social interaction is innate to us as humans and even people on the spectrum they may not show that but at the same time they in a, in a way they do appreciate it that's my belief so kudos mm. to you for that and yeah it is that's- i mean no i mean you have to man i mean that's what it's all about to be honest that's a human condition we we're kind of societal creatures like we grew up in like little packs and groups obviously we expand into big cities right but essentially our, our human nature is growing in, in little groups to, to help each other out, right? Tribes, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one of my questions to you, right? I mean, the brain is a big, gigantic universe, dude. I know you said you weren't, you, you don't question about, you don't like to question about God or anything like that too. And I completely just, I'll, I'll respect that. But now this, this is a whole entire universe. Tell me how, Yeah. like, I know you. I know you said you were interested about this, right? How everything works in here. What, what was the one thing, or I guess what were the few things that actually led you into that? Like, what exactly? I know you told me about the experience about people and and your friend, but how did it click for you to actually start studying it? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's also a very good question. So, for me, it was how we could use this brain to make our lives better in a sense. Mm-hmm. So understanding of how, what happens in a brain when we learn new things or what happens in a brain when we like exercise or do good, like when we think positive thoughts or like when we like visualize the future we want, like doing these different activities, what happens in the brain and understanding how we could use that for our own advantage. Mm-hmm. So something that really, uh, that I could give you a concrete example, something that really, um, surprised me was something it was a phenomenon called called mirror neurons so m-i-r-r-o-r mirror mirror neurons so what what these subset of neurons what they do is it's studied in monkeys is when a monkey when is when one monkey sees another monkey crack open a peanut parts of the of the monkey who's seeing the other monkey their their neurons are firing the same neurons like the peanut cracking nuance of firing in a monkey who's watching the other monkey crack the peanuts. Really? Now, if this own monkey, mm-hmm, now if this own monkey is cracking its own peanuts, those same nuances are also firing. So what that shows is that by just seeing other people or like observing things in other people's lives, the neuron, our, our, new, our own brain is firing as if we are doing those actions. So that oh. really like surprised me and that's something that I, I would want to like look more into because I would like because that also shows like that's like a scientific evidence for empathy 
or like sympathy or like seeing things from another person's perspective right because if someone else is feeling sad or like depressed then more likely than not this hasn't been proven scientifically yet but like i'm pretty sure like in the next 10 20 years we have research showing that our nuance will like those same nuance will still fire too and then that shows that in a biological physiological sense we can connect to someone else in that sense and we could show love show compassion so empathy right. to them because we understand where they're coming from not exactly where they're coming from but like we understand it to a sense right. so that that's also very interesting and another thing that's very interesting is so i've been i've been like uh, you probably heard of this too are you familiar with the law of attraction yeah any sense? yeah so this is this is very pseudoscientific non-scientific uh right of course i mean it states it's that metaphysics yeah, it's, right it's metaphysical about, you know, world yeah yeah, met- connect- yeah the metaphysical exactly and it states that for listeners who don't know negative thoughts negative things will come to you it's like like if you start thinking positively quote-unquote then like your life will suddenly become easier like opportunities will come to you but if you're stuck on the negative you'll be in a negative cycle so i'm very curious to see if there's like any newer science evidence behind this phenomenon hmm. and if so real and something that like I want to do research in too is like see if there's a connection like with the mirror neurons. For example, if I were to close my eyes and like think and visualize I want to I want in the future, visualize the money I want, the house I want, or like the relationships I want in the future, like that's basically what a law of attraction is, like you closing your eyes, writing it, writing it down, like I am so happy and grateful that I have these things. And right. like you're attracting it to you. If I want to understand if if I close my eyes and think that what nuance are firing when I visualize that future mm-hmm. and all those the same nuance, like mirror nuance, but like I see some, like for the monkey, the monkey sees someone else crack the peanut and those peanut cracking nuance file. If I visualize myself in the future, out of person I want to be in the future, will those nuance file and will that like, will, will, will biological change happen because of those, because of those visualizations and because I made those visualizations and because my brain is like is starting to wire into that future person, mm-hmm. future person I want to become, will I then attract those things? Or like, will I then think of like a successful individual because I'm imagining myself as a successful individual. Right. So like that like metaphysic, newer science, understanding it like in that sense too is very interesting for me. Not just like the hardcore science, which I'm also very interested in, but right. understanding like how could we like explain these metaphysical phenomenons with hardcore neuroscience mm, that's, so yeah those that's that's kind of what i'm kind of looking at right now and like what i'm what i'm like researching right now kind of yeah no i i feel that too i mean essentially we're, we we forget that this is our biggest muscle right of our body essentially it controls everything that we do right it connects all our nerve system all the way to connect so for me to be able to move our my finger for me to be able to move my arms right it's essentially controlled by the mind and with the law of attraction i think at the same time you're con- i feel like it's to the point where you're conditioning yourself right we're rewiring your mentality mm-hmm. like you're conditioning your neurons to react in a different way like you said you're conditioning the whole entire mentality from from moving from what you used to think to what you now want to think what you're really visualizing yourself and what you want to do right so it i think it exactly right it, and it's and it's interesting to see that because while you're doing that things are starting to work out for you what you expected was what you didn't expect was going to happen actually it happened because now you started visualizing yourself in a more successful position um i wanted to go back to a little bit more on how you said that how we kind of mirror emotions or we kind of mirror like uh the empathy side of things right it's interesting mm-hmm. i was actually learning from from a class national geographic which i teach right i'm like some of the curriculum that i'm teaching i'm actually yeah. learning too at the same time i'm like oh well i just became a social science teacher oh well, i just became a science teacher today well okay well let me learn this too and so there's this uh there was this experiment where like babies have the habit like we have like when we when we're born we have like uh natural habits right and and instincts essentially of like how we defend ourselves how we walk and how we mirror emotions like for example like a six-year-old baby or a six-month-year-old baby or six-month baby can essentially mirror your emotions by just looking at your eyes and seeing where you're smiling you're you're laughing or you're crying and they'll do the same thing too Right. So it's kind of mirror and kind of feeling that same frequency or kind of feeling that same mentality. Right. And it's 
And I never thought about it until you brought it up again today of how monkeys do the same thing too. Like they get the same, they get the same feeling of seeing somebody else that's cracking the nut as the same person that as they were actually cracking the nut themselves. Now, do you think that some of the challenges that we face as humans kind of come because we get conditioned into bad environments? You think that might play a role too? And I'll also go back into empathy in a second too, but I want to talk a little bit more about that. You think that maybe that some of these challenges that that we continue to experience and those negative thought cycles that some humans have are brought because of the environment and because they're reflecting on what they see from other humans too and their influences? I Yes, I agree to an extent it does. The environment, of course, plays a role in how we visualize, visualize ourselves and how we think. Uh, so yeah, I could give a couple of like hypothetical examples. Okay. Um, I, I actually I could give so for me I chose to go to Emory, which is a private institution in Georgia, rather than so I'm from Texas, Dallas, Texas. I could have gotten I could have gone to a Texas university and stayed in state, but at the same time I wanted to push myself to go to a out of state university for the environment, not because of like the prestige or anything, but because of the environment. Because if I were to go to a Texas university. I'll be surrounded by Texas students, people in state Texas schools. And for that, I didn't want an environment because I wanted an environment that pushes me to think big, right. like pushes me to experience life in a different way. So at Emory, I have friends from all over the world. I have friends from like, like very rich people to very poor people who mm-hmm. have financial aid, who depend on financial aid to people who could pay the price, multimillionaires, et cetera. Right. And that spectrum and like, I get more out of that life. So like another example is many people, like for example, the people who live like in a rural small town versus someone who lives in New York City. Right. They will have different experiences because of the environment they surround themselves in and the environment that they see other people in. And I truly believe that if you all in an, like a negative in a negative environment and that means that like a Jim Ron has a famous very famous quote that you are the average of the five people around you and I 100% agree with that right. because the people you surround yourself in which is also your environment it doesn't need to be a it doesn't need to be a place it could be human beings as well the people you surround yourself 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 with those are the people you most likely will like do your copy so for example if you surround yourself people with people around people who like party every weekend it's going to be more difficult for you to like stay in one weekend and like work on like your side hustle or like on your podcast or something when everyone else is going out partying but if you surround yourself with people who also have side hustles who are also thinking about the future and that kind of stuff it's more easier and it's more easier to do it because one, you surrounded yourself with those people and two, because it's easy to do things as a community rather than doing it as you, as one individual because you often feel lonely doing it as one individual. So in that sense, in that like hypothetical example, like it's clear like you are the average of the five people you surround, you surround yourself with. So if you want to become successful, like surround yourself with like multimillionaires or whatever you define as success with, more likely than not, you'll be the sixth person who has that, what the other people have. And so that's how, like, I truly believe, like, environment does right. affect you. And, like, in a science, scientific perspective as well, uh, this is nature versus nurture argument. Uh, okay. So nature is environment and nurture is you born with it. So, for example, right. like, IQ or, like, smartness. It's like, are you born smart or, is, or are you smart because of the environment you grew up in? And this argument is, like... a ages old centuries old argument and for me personally i think it's an aspect of both like you're born with some set of skills but at the same time it depends on what environment you put in like if you have two identical twins with the same exact like biological states right one goes up goes up in like a suburb and one goes up in new york city they're going to have different or like different iq different personalities different stuff it's not just what you born with it's how you like the people you surround yourself, yeah. The people you surround yourself with, and like how you. So that 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 was a lot, but like yeah, we could go and like dive in into a couple of those topics if you want to. But yeah, bottom line, it does affect you. The environment does affect you, and it is as like your internal state, your external state. This is mm-hmm. as important. I'd say they're both equal. 
So pay attention to both if you want to improve yourself. Perfect. Now, um, going back into the empath side of things, right? I've I've personally experienced myself, right, that sometimes when other friends are feel are feeling down or feeling negative, I tend to get into that negative state too, um, because I feel I feel for them. I feel like the same state of like, oh wow, I'm sad too because they're sad. Now, what triggers that from what from your experience, what you've learned for, so far? What I feel like it's energy, right? Because everything's filled up with energy. There's it, we experience energy any way possible. Um, and depending how open you are to it, essentially, it, you you tend to feel it if you don't protect yourself from it, right? To a certain extent. Do you, but is there anything that you see that triggers the mind or what do you believe triggers it? So I could, I'll answer two ways. So I'm a very spiritual individual. So I have a spiritual okay. answer to this that goes along with energy. Please. And I, I also try to answer it in a scientific way. Uh, I'm no scientist. I'm still studying this stuff, but from what I could infer that when you see someone else in that situation, mm-hmm. uh, the brain thinks like in patterns or like things like in similarity. So typically what I, what I'm assuming or like hypo, hypo, hypothesizing would be right. that the brain would look at that and then find a situation when you were also sad and then bring that up. And then, so you are able to, connect with them in, in, in that sense and able to be in that, like, yeah, connect with, them, connect with them in that sense. But at the same time, you could also build up like your mental fortitude. And this is extremely important too. So if you want, if so, if you don't want your external environment to affect your internal environment, you'd want to build up this mental fortitude. And um, one way I've found that to be very helpful to build this is through meditation mm, and mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been, uh, I'm a, I, I've been meditating daily pretty much. And what meditation forces you to do is to focus on like either your breath, or, like do a body scan, like slow down, like literally live in the present. Right. And this increases your self-awareness. So next time when like you see something in the external world, you have like a few milliseconds where like you could control like, oh, I'm going to let this affect my mental attitude or I'm not going to let this affect my mental attitude. Right. And that like the, that critical decision is really where you build your mental fortitude and you could practice that through meditation. So that's how like, if you don't want to let these other things affect you, then you could build that as well. But I also think like you can still feel empathetic for someone, even if you have mental fortitude, because you, you're right. not triggering those emotions for you to feel sad, but you understand where they're coming from. So there's a difference between that. Mm. And then, so that's like my scientific answer. And like there is evidence proving like with uh, at the University of Wisconsin, where like they done a formalized scans, like brain scans of individuals who meditated for like 10,000 hours, or, like they're master meditators and their brains are different than individuals who don't meditate at all. And they are able to like show compassion more easy, easily. And like, yeah, so they're able to show compassion more easily and they're able to like see things in, like in more objective perspective than individuals who don't practice meditation. So the mental, the mental fortitude that science Taylor science backing up that. So for the spiritual answer, I am I am very spiritual. I believe in That's energies good. and different levels of energies, vibrations, etc. So I do I do agree. Or like I could see like if there's an individual who's like going like has a low energy or like bad vibes, like the vibe thing, like if they have bad vibes or something, they will that energy will affect your energy and that will bring your energy down with that. Right. And this is also something like law of attraction, which I want to mention. So like, like, like in, in metaphysics, you think like in frequencies. So each frequency you attract what's on your frequency. So if you think like in a very high frequency, if you raise the vibration to a high frequency, you attract whatever's in that high frequency. Usually like that's good stuff. But if you go down to a lower frequency, you attract what's in a lower frequency that will force you or like that will cause you to lower your own frequency. And then you'll be attracting that. And that's how bad days happen. Or like you feel sad mm. all the time. And like you're in that cycle. So in order to get out of that cycle, you had to jump your vibrations, your thought levels to a different level of frequency so that you start feeling good about yourself. You start feeling good now. And one easy way to do that is affirmations, visualizations of gratitude, meditation, that kind of stuff. So that's like, a spiritual answer for that question too. Uh, awesome. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you with that too. Um, I recently um, 
but it's been now a couple months now that I've been practicing gratitude and meditation. Um, and sometimes <laughs> when I do skip my meditation, dude, oh man, those are my bad days. Let me tell you, I really, and I completely agree with that too, because again, I, um, there's times when I don't meditate and I'm, I'm not in the present. I, I tend to worry about, I, I naturally beforehand, before meditating, I naturally were, was always stressing out and had anxiety uh, a lot more because I was focusing on the, on my past mistakes and also the future, which the future isn't even here yet because I haven't created the future yet because I'm still not working in the present. So I, right. And it, and it's a big, and it's a big difference because it is true though, through meditation, affirmation and spirit and spirituality, right. And kind of getting your mentality into rewiring yourself to put yourself in a higher level of frequency. It, it is work you, but you have to do it. And one of the things I've noticed is I, because now I've been doing this, I've been skipping the the cell phone every morning, like getting up every morning and looking on my cell phone automatically. That's I've had good. to, right? I've had yeah. to take a step back though, because I've also learned that I can get stuck in there for hours and not really focus on myself, and also not focus on my day. And then now, whatever I read is the first thought that I had throughout my throughout my day, right? So it, it's it's interesting to say that, that you bring that up. Um, so with that said, right, would you suggest like in the morning, maybe doing that and also just focusing on gratitude and, and meditation during the beginning of the day to kind of get yourself into that state of mind? I have a morning routine. Uh, so yes, I've been practicing this for on and off for a year or so. So I don't do this every single day at all. Okay. Or I try to, but there's also days that I just have a bad day and I can't do mm-hmm. it. And that's totally fine. But I do have a morning routine and my my morning routine usually consists of, so right now I'm using Headspace, a meditation app. Okay. So I usually do a meditation, so I wake up and everything. And then I, for me, I personally like taking a shower before I do any other stuff because I like to be clean myself. So after I like, like do all that stuff, I meditate for like 20 minutes ish. Then I do a gratitude journal. Hmm. And in the gratitude journal, I just have like, one of these little uh, notepads kind of thing. And then I fill up the entire page with like, when I start with like, I am so happy and grateful now that I, that's the same sentence, like same sentence structure I repeat for the entire page and I include different things. So this like changed my mind to like see the world in like a sense of gratitude. And right. I, I could talk more about gratitude too, which I will, because I think it's very important. So after I do that, so after I uh, meditate, then I journal, and then I usually do some exercise or something like to get the body moving. Uh, that could either be dumbbells or like yoga, stretching, something very simple, maybe a walk going outside or something or like right. something to get my body moving throughout the day or something like that. Get and then I usually something. start the day. Yeah. And then I, and then I start to read at least like a little bit every day. That's, that's been difficult too. So I have like two other things that I add to my morning routine or like my daily routine is journaling and reading. So mm-hmm. journaling is just journaling, journaling my thoughts or whatever I feel like doing for like writing. And then reading is just like books that, that like self-improvement books. I read a lot of self-improvement books, or like self-help books and like reading a little bit every day. Right. But that's been difficult with college or like and everything. So like those are the four things I try to do every single day, but I don't hit them all, all the time, which is totally fine. But yeah, so I try to keep it routine because something I've also discovered before I talk about gratitude is that by keeping a routine of being disciplined, you actually mm-hmm. become more free than when you are not disciplined. And that, that's, that was kind of counterintuitive for me, but I found evidence in that. Right. If you're not disciplined, then your time just goes away and you're just like always on your phone or like doing something mm-hmm. else. And all of a sudden then, like you feel like you're free, but you're not actually free because you're on your phone, like doing other things that mm. you don't want to do or like you're procrastinating. And then when you realize it, you're like, oh, I only had this many hours of the day to like actually do some work. But if you are disciplined, like it builds momentum slowly, it slowly builds momentum. And then once you like meditate or journal and exercise, like you hit these things for a couple of days, you feel more energetic to follow through with what you wanted to do and you feel like for me I felt a more sense of freedom I feel like oh I'm more in control of my life than I than I was before I did any other stuff and I felt like I was more free so I felt it and I think other people will feel that I have felt it as well so like discipline leads to more freedom which is very counterintuitive but it's worked for me 
No, yeah. <laughs> I, I can no, no, no. And I, and you know what? You, and the thing is, many people have talked about it before. Science has proved it too. And in a sense, also like, uh, it's interesting you bring this up because, like you said, I've been you you've been building the habit of trying to read and doing all these things during the morning too. Your morning routine sometimes a hit or miss, right? And I agree with that too. I'm trying to do the same thing too. Um, pushing myself a lot more with with the philosophy of self improvement, right? Um, but myself, and yeah. so I was actually I got caught off guard yesterday, um, because out of nowhere I started picking up a book, and so about philosopher a philosopher called Seneca. Um, well, I know how this ended up being because I've been listening to Ryan Holiday and his uh, Daily Stoic <laughs> podcast. So Daily I know Stoic. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been listening to that, and so it kind of led me to actually read. Well, Seneca seems like a pretty cool dude. I always hear him reference Seneca a lot. Also, Marcus Aurelius. But I wanted to hear about Seneca, and I had a dream about Seneca. I had a dream that that my subconscious told me read Seneca. So I'm like, okay, well now I have to read Seneca because obviously my dream just told me that too. Um, and so I, I read, I started reading like different chapters. I read three chapters because they're really short. They're really short pages. Um, so I started reading three chapters of this book called On the Shortness of Life, which is like an essay, really letters writing about on the shortness of life and how we focus on time. And he argues in, in, in his philosophy, he argues that it's not that we don't have enough time, is that we waste time, right? That that you have two ways to look at it, right? There's the one way where the person that's just constantly worrying about things, constantly worrying about money, not taking the time to actually experience what's happening right in front of them, is constantly worrying about what time's going by. And by the time that they're 60, 70 years old, what time has passed by and they try to live life now when they're retired. And then there's the other side where, well, if you focus on on what you need to get done fast, if you focus on your discipline instead of wasting time, you can notice that you make more free time for yourself and you're experiencing more time than what you thought you had. Because we're all kind of, you know, we don't know when we're going to die, but essentially, averagely, right, we're, we're now living up to 70, 80, 90 years old. I think higher as, as we continue on with, with, the, with medicine, essentially, right, with technology and medicine, I think we're going to live higher. But it was interesting to kind of look at this at this at this book and look at what his teachings are right essentially like yeah dude it got me really thinking how much time do i really waste how much time am i not using correctly right i complain that i don't have enough time but then am i using my time wisely i just spent like five hours looking at a netflix documentary or watching a netflix documentary when i could have also been reading a book about it and reading a little bit more or I could have done something else. So it really comes down to, well, how, what, what, what are you, what are you using your time with? Right. And it comes down to you. You're essentially, you need to start disciplining yourself and you need to able, need to be able to kind of look at well, what's taking my time is really worth it. And I completely agree with that. It's just more looking at the discipline side too. So it's, it's interesting that you bring that up too, because time is thing is something that we have that we complain that we don't have a lot of, but at the same time, are you sure that we don't have a lot of it or we're not using it wisely, right? I mean, and it's a challenge because sometimes there are days where it just seems like, well, shit, I have a lot of things to do. And there are days like that, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, like there are days where we could use our time wisely and we don't, whether it's getting stuck in a train of thought, um, being lazy sometimes because sometimes we are, um, or just not doing things because you're something stopping you right so i guess it, it it brings that up into that now going into the next next topic of challenges what's one of the challenges that you've faced in in becoming yourself as becoming your genuine self now like how did you reach the point of whom you are now and and reaching what you wanted to do mm -hmm. i have yeah, so one of my, one of my challenges. Uh, so when I first came to college, I kind of adopted a different, a, a fake face, and I okay. tried to fit into the crowd, and that really backfired. And always does. I didn't really, and yeah, it always does. <laughs> it always I don't does. Because yeah. I was in Superville. Yeah, I was in Superville back then. I did. I was very lonely and I didn't feel like I belonged in college. So I, I felt right. these emotions before, which is why I 
I'm very empathetic for individuals to mm-hmm. feel his emotions. And I don't, I don't wish this on like my enemy or anything like that right. because it's, it's, it just, it's very, it's, it sucks, it, dude. It completely it sucks, sucks yeah. man. It just, it just, it just feels like shit to be completely honest. So yeah, yeah. it sucks, man. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't like, I did not like my first semester at Emory, but then when I came to uh, winter break, came back to Dallas, Texas, I made a committed decision to change my perspective on my outlook on life. So right. that led me, I forgot what I Googled something on google.com. I'm, I'm, I was like, how to change your life or like something like how to change your perspective or like how to like right. make a decision or something like something along those lines. And then that brought me to medium.com, which is a website where many people could write like short essays or like blogs or articles on it. And then I started like, reading all like the self-help articles from that website. And I, I have it with me. So like I have a, so during the winter break, I'm like, I, I made a committed decision. So I had uh, like index cards, like flashcards, and then okay. I'd read one essay a day. And then I write the essay's name and then I write the key takeaways from that essay. And then I'd keep that flashcard into like my little like flashcard holder. And all my right. goal was to hit like at least a hundred. And then, so that started from like December and I think I finished like around March, April. And like, I actually hit that hundred mark. And I read like an article every single day about like changing the perspective about like self-help, self-help, self-improvement, these kind of like ideas. And it changed how I looked at my life. Right. I like, when I came back to Emory, my second semester of college, I started, I became more authentic. I became more vulnerable and like things started working for me, clicking law of attraction that kind of stuff and like I felt like I was like in my place and like I knew what I was doing I felt more in control of my life because I changed my perspective and I made a committed decision that that winter break and Mm. that reading those articles has slowly made me read books now so now I'm reading more books about self-help so like that's how I first started like on this personal development journey and it's still going now I'm not I'm no expert in it at all it's been like only three years but like I'm still improving every single day and that's helped me a lot but another big challenge i had is like comparing myself to other people like mm. with grades or like gpa or like just like other stuff too so right another thing that i've been trying to practice is instead of comparing myself to others like even if someone is like in a lower position than me comparing myself to them it makes me feel good i had to stop that and i had to stop right. comparing myself to people higher than I me i feel that and the I only person yeah yeah and the only person I should compare myself to is the individual I was yesterday. So thinking right. like that, it made me they make it made me focus on my morning routine and my discipline even more because I was like, okay, yesterday I did med- I meditated, I journaled, I exercised, and I did all these things. Today I'm going to meditate, journal, I'm gonna do a little more more reps in like my exercise, like read more pages in a book, like like for like having a competition with myself, with uh, myself, my version of self the version of myself yesterday instead right. of competing with other people and this i found this to be like a little like secret hack because i started like becoming more disciplined more personal right. government oriented like a better individual and i stopped comparing myself with other individuals because i realized it doesn't matter i should only the only person i should be comparing myself to is the individual yesterday yeah it's practically focusing on your own lane and it's in, it's interesting that i bring this up because i think we we talked about it actually in our podcast or in, in the and the networking PRX. site too, right? PRX, yeah. right? Um, where essentially, yeah, it's, it's um, where we had an inter- where we had another individual uh, that that popped up on there too that was comparing his life about living abroad to comparing to people back at home that had their family, had their friends, had 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 been had been living the life that essentially that he thought that he wanted to live, but we kind of came to the point where are you focusing on your own lane and are you comparing yourself to other people? What was it that you want from your own life? You can't compare yourself to other people. You have to focus on your own lane because the other person is going to want something different than you want. And the other person is going to want is going through a different road, going through a different path than you're heading into. Right. And the only person, your only competition is really ultimately yourself because nobody else is competing with you. Nobody else is going to tell you what to do. Nobody else is going to help you out. The only person that's really going to help you out is yourself. Right. So it's really focusing on your own lane, focusing on what you need to do and redeveloping yourself and looking at your own flaws. It's hard sometimes to look at your own flaws, but you have to. 
if you need, if you want personal growth, if you want to be able to get to the higher level of yourself, you have to look at yourself and look at deeply inside and be really truthful. Like, what is it that I'm lacking? It's not necessarily that I'm a bad person. Is it, but is, is it my behavior? Is it my negative thought process? Is it, is it something that I thought I told, that I told myself was true about myself, but isn't, and now I need to fix it. How, how do we do that? Right. And it, and I think it's a little bit harder for people to do sometimes because it, it took me a while for me to learn. And I'm not saying this like, you know, I'm always perfect at it, but it, it, it was, it was a little bit hard for me to learn. Um, uh, do you think when people's misery sometimes kind of lies in, in that not focusing your own lane and comparison with other people? Like, what do you think about that? Do you think the misery lies in that? I, yeah, I think the misery does lie in that. Uh, something I want to say based off what you just said, like for the listeners as well, it's definitely more said, more easier said than done. Like right. for me, I say all these things and I may seem like an expert. You may seem like an expert, but of course. Definitely, like if you look at the day-to-day life, I procrastinate every single day. I'm lazy. I'm and there's so many bad stuff, bad qualities about me. But I'm slowly improving, and like that one percent is what counts, and like right. the process, like falling in love with the process. So yeah, I wanted to make that distinction. Like yeah, of course. And then the question you asked is, comparing yourself to others. Yes, that does bring misery. And I would yeah, I want to yeah. This is a good question because it brings misery because it keeps you accounted for like some unexpected like unachievable expectations for yourself by comparing mm-hmm. yourself to other individuals right. because you will not you don't have the same resources as someone else exactly and you don't have the same brain everyone's brain is completely different you don't have right. the same things so if you compare your weaknesses to someone else's strengths that's a big negative downside for you because you could you could spend that exact same time focusing on your own strengths and yes, you're going to have some weaknesses. And sometimes those weaknesses, like if, if it's skill-wise, you can't like really improve. I mean, you could improve it. But I, I would suggest focusing on your strengths when, you, when, focusing on, when talking about skill and focusing on how you can improve those skills that you are naturally gifted at. But if there's like a weakness in your personality or like in how you present yourself or like like how you like talk or act or like you behave, right. then you'd want to, you want to change that weakness, but don't focus on your weakness and skill. Like I'm not good at computer science. I'm not good at like this kind of stuff. Like I can't like, right. think like this, focus on your strengths because that will give, give me more happiness and it will make you more like motivated 1% right? and yeah, more motivated and more like for one, like 1% in that one skill because you focus so much time on it. So yeah. So another thing that goes down to this, like focus on your weakness in your, Focus on the weakness in your personality, but don't focus on your weakness in your skills. Focus on the strengths in your skills. So many people, that's like, yeah. Okay, I wanted to talk about one last thing before. I dude, dude, dude. It's, it's an open conversation, man. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, my podcast is an open conversation, open platform, dude. Yeah, so another thing that I've been thinking about a lot too is after reading so many of these books, listening to so many podcasts, having these conversations, mm-hmm. I want to... If you're on this journey of personal development, you want to understand who's giving the advice and what advice and what context they're giving that advice for. Mm. Because many people would say, like, this is very important because it is, dude. If, oh, wow. If many individuals like stick, like follow someone on Instagram and they give like some general, very general advice, they think that that advice applies to them and then they have to change their behavior, which mm-hmm. may be working for them because that person who has the results that they want told them to do told them to do so so always take even my advice to always take the or all better advice take the advice with a grain of salt exactly understand what context i'm giving them or you're giving right, them in, or people right. giving them in, and see if it applies to your own life don't just apply apply everything to your own life like mm-hmm. if someone wakes up at 5 a.m every single morning because that works for them it may not work for you if cold mm-hmm. showers works, works for someone else it may not work for you like these with a grain of salt always take it with a grain of salt and i say that because with the distinction I made between the two weaknesses, weakness and weakness and skill and weakness and personality. When people, when most, when someone says like, focus, don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths with that general statement, they think like, oh, I don't need to focus on like the weakness in my personality. I could focus on the, I should just focus on the strengths and weakness right, right. and improve. But like that's taking it, taking that general advice in the exactly. wrong context. Uh-huh. 
focused on the skill path aspect of it, not their personality aspect of it. So like there's just so many little nuances in like in the personal development industry, self-help industry, that you had to understand like what what context other people are giving their advice in and see if the context applies to you. So yeah, that's that's a mistake I made early on. And then I tried to like understand it and like reflect more on it too and something I'm also improving mm-hmm. on as well. And I think that's that's the thing because um Essentially, I mean, it comes down to our own philosophy, right? Because we're all little philosophers. We're all philosophers around this earth. Too, yeah. I mean, we're energy and everything like that, too, right? I mean, it's, it's a, we're everything, dude. Humans are just completely insane creatures. I don't know how we even became like <laughs> our, ourselves. But essentially, I mean, no, and, it, and, it, and it's completely, you're completely right about that, too. Because one thing might work for somebody else, but doesn't necessarily work for you. As I had to learn the hard way, too. I definitely completely understand. I'm like, oh, well, why is this working for this person? And he told me to do this, but oh, it's not working for me, huh? And it gets you into that mind cycle. Well, if it isn't working for me, then I'm just not doing it right. And then now you're just working on something that you don't need to be working on because essentially it doesn't fit into your life, right? It doesn't fit into the advice that, you need, that you're trying to fit it into. Um, and what, what, what also brings me in, into... In, into I want to add on top of that into that conversation too. Yeah. Now, when taking advice from people, right? Essentially, we have people that love us, right? Um, that for the most part wish the best for us. But sometimes people give us advice projecting, people can give us advice projecting their own emotions about the situation that you're currently going through. Whether it's good or bad, where they made they might want it to be bad or good, it, it's really up to question of their judgment of character. Right. But there's been times where I've personally have had friends that have tried to give me advice of how to live my life, but not necessarily knowing what my my path of growth is going where I want my path of growth to go to and kind of look and kind of seeming a little bit more like in a negative way. Right. Kind of putting my putting my my thoughts and ideas a little bit behind and being selfish with their thoughts now. How do you overcome that? Like, how have you overcome that? It took me a little bit of time for me. I got, I'll, I'll tell you personally, Um, it was a few weeks ago where I, I, I got like a little bit of a message from a friend. So, and it got me a little bit thinking, how do I respond to this? Like, I'm really emotional right now. Like, I'm about to really just go off on this person. If I, if I had to take a step back and be like, yo, calm down. This person is just projecting their feelings. They're projecting, they're projecting their emotions and how they feel and they're, and they're comparing their lives to mine. I'm like, my life is completely different than yours. I'm on a different path. And so how I I've had to calm myself down and, and meditate and try to remember that it's emotion sometimes. And that people, people that even that love you might not always know what's best for you because they're not living your life essentially. Um, so it took me a few days to meditate on that, but how do you yourself um, deal with that too? What's mm-hmm. a different, so, do you have, I have to, yeah, yeah, I have two different ways to do it. One is meditation, right. and one is I journal a lot okay, too. Okay, right. So both of these things, like, it goes back to the mental fortitude I talked about before. It helps me build that mental fortitude because I think this this not a quote like this, but like all life is is your reaction to what's mm-hmm. happening around you. So in that sense, like, like what you did, like you you understood, like, oh, I'm getting very emotional about this person's text. I need to meditate on it and then react when i'm feeling better right like all life is, is like those five five ten milliseconds where like something happens to you and you have the decision of how you're going to react to that situation so to develop the skill you meditate and that's what i've been doing or uh, practicing is like it's super super difficult but like understanding like truly living in the present yeah right it and really like is trying, like you're lit dude yeah yeah like trying to like maintain calm and like trying to understand like like how like basically go those five ten milliseconds make those make that time go in slow motion and like catch it before it affects you right and so that's what i've been practicing and another thing is like with journaling when when i like journal out my feelings like journal out how i am uh yeah one of the biggest important things to follow this is understanding who you are and what Motive, what motivates you and what like makes what makes you passionate what makes you enthusiastic etc because what makes you enthusiastic is not what it's not going to make it's not the same thing as what makes someone else enthusiastic or passionate. right and 
so understanding that like also helps you a bit but in order to understand that you had to take some a lot of time self reflecting journaling understanding what strengths you have what weaknesses you are and this skill is called self awareness like understanding all of how how what ticks you what what you good at what you bad at understanding all of that but in order to develop this level of self awareness it takes like years of like self reflection right. knowing yourself loving yourself so those are the two things that i've learned is like meditating so to build that mental fortitude and journaling for that self awareness and meditation could also help with that self awareness but if you're not self aware of how you act or how you feel then your actions or your behavior reflects what other people want for you so like if someone else tells you you should do this then you'll do it or if someone else like if everyone else is doing something you'll do it because you're not self aware enough to understand oh this rather than doing what everyone else so kind of lonely but takes practice to develop it as well it does take practice and i completely agree with you um but sometimes i i feel yeah. like you you do have to take that lone that lonely time for yourself and i wouldn't call it loneliness because i essentially you're with yourself and you're dealing with the person that you're dealing with all the time 24/7 right that little voice in your head hey oh shit well this is the voice i deal with every day well now it's time to deal with you right um so i completely agree with that too um good 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 answer to that too and i i appreciate that um so so far we've kind of gone a lot through a lot of different things and what i want to go through i guess is one more question for you before we head out if mm-hmm. you could tell people right or if you could tell a younger generation or the people that are currently are in our generation right now one thing of advice one one sentence of advice or a few sentences what would it be to help them out i'm going to give the, what you've learned of what you've the learned dog, the motto yeah i'm going to give the motto of my podcast uh my piece of advice would be rediscover your inner child mm-hmm. because and i could elaborate on that but please you go the rediscover your inner child yeah so i have a podcast club playground and the purpose of the podcast is so i have guests like alberto like individuals on my podcast and i ask them questions about their childhood about their childhood passions about their interests and what made them like what do what were they curious about as a child and what are they doing right now and what hobbies they have right now and like if there's a disconnect why did a disconnect happen and how they could reconnect or rediscover what made them happy wow. because i truly believe when we were children we did things because we wanted to do them not because someone else told us to do it but now most adults are doing things because someone else told them to do it not because they want to do it and that clear distinction is why if we rediscover you know in a child which could be like your authentic self you everything would be having fun like you'd be playing all the time like understanding what makes you like experience true joy so for right. me that's like creativity imagination or like being with the unknown like i mentioned at the very beginning with like pirates of the caribbean now like for me as a child i always was very imaginative very creative and i like doing that stuff and i found that same passion in neuroscience where like i'm able to like think create critically or like imagine like that kind of stuff too but i also like i also write stories on the side i write poems on the side like i try to keep that inner child alive because i don't want him him to die because i feel like if that if that in the child dies then i'm going to and everything i do is what society wants me to do right. so with that rediscover your inner child it's also like prioritizing your own happiness over what society expects you to do because your inner child or like what you wanted to do as a child knows what true happiness is not what like what an adult wants you to do so prioritizing what you want over what society wants and many adults prioritize the exact opposite what society wants over what they want excellent that, answer that would be my piece of advice i love it dude prasanna you're a freaking amazing human being i freaking love you man great great podcast today great recording dude um prasanna how can we find you i want to so that way all my listeners out there for whoever loved him which please i suggest listening to his podcast where can we find you <laughs> yeah uh you could find my I usually I'm very I'm like usually active on Instagram. My right. podcast account is at playground.pk. So that's awesome. where you could find me and then if you look at the link in my bio on Instagram I have like my Facebook 
my newsletter, like where you can find my podcast, etc. So at playground.pk on Instagram. All right. Awesome. And I'll definitely link it up on, on my, on my website and on the podcast too. Um, Prasanna, thank you for being on, man. I truly appreciate this conversation. It was awesome. And you're an amazing human being, dude. Keep on going, dude. I'm so proud of you, yeah. man. You're, you're doing a, an excellent work and I really love your quote. All right, guys. Thank you. And Prasanna, anything else before we go, man? Mm, nothing much. I just want to say thank you for having me on. I enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I really wanted to reconnect with you and happy we got this chance to reconnect after that really great networking event. Dude. And being in China and everything. Oh, so proud of you too, man. Yeah. Dude. Man, we're it's just a learning experience. We're all learning from each other. Dude. I feel like we can all teach each other everything, man. We we just have to be open minded. And I, I want it is is the vulnerability part, dude, which you did touch on too, man. It's being open minded to be able to be vulnerable and really free with yourself, right? So thank you, Prasanna. I appreciate you. 100%. Look at this podcast, listen to this podcast, search him up on Instagram. And I'll put the link on him on my podcast. And much love, guys. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Persona's podcast, go ahead and visit at playground.pk or search him up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening. Learn Life with Alberto was created in association with The Human Connections magazine, a nonprofit media organization connecting the world together. Executive producer and host, Alberto Castillo. Theme music by Dubfox. If you guys like my podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Share this with your friends and family. I would greatly appreciate it. And follow me at my Instagram and my social media at Learning Life with Alberto or at www.learninglifewithalberto.com. Alright guys, peace out and much love. Thank you.